everyone. This is Regina. Hi, horse lovers. This is Lynn. This week on the Horse Industry Podcast. Lynn, growing up, when people know that I'm a, a horse girl, one of the questions I was always asked was, oh, so you must you must really love that movie National Velvet. I hadn't watched National Velvet until now. Same. Right? Why? I don't know. I I think it's a little older than our generation. It is, but it's a classic horse movie. And it's. I feel like everyone else in the world has seen National Velvet. I don't know. I'm we, scarred that nobody encouraged us to watch what that. What was wrong with our mothers? I don't know. Or this is a panting fail. Actually, it's an, you should have like, you being older, much older than me, you, Not. you should have like looked out for me and inter- you, I mean, you introduced me to Trixie Belden and you never told, you know, cause those are books that I could read, but growing up, my family was never really into television or television shows. And that was a, okay. it was a movie. Yeah. It was a movie. It wasn't yeah. on television. Mm-hmm. And by the time like the VCRs mm-hmm. came out, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I was. We missed the boat on that. I mean, I guess as a wee little one at eight years old, my dad, my hero, introduced me to Star Wars. So I was super cool because at, I, I mean, I've been involved with Star Wars since the beginning. About that same time. I, I have to stop you there. Yeah. Do you want to know what your dad introduced me to? What? Horror movies. <laughs> First, I thought you said horror movies. No, no horror, horror. scary movies. You know, your dad would, Arnie would like, I think because him and Norma were on a date or something, he would tell me to sit down. He's like, this is a funny movie. Like, this is really funny. <laughs> sit here and watch it, and it's going to be funny. It was frightening. <laughs> I hate scary movies. Okay, back to your story. That's, I didn't get Star Wars, Gina. I got horror movies. Ah, uh, well, he must have liked me better than you. Anyway, so one of the things that I really wanted to cover when we started this podcast was some of these classic books and movies and people and so forth. So I'm, I'm really excited that we're taking the time to talk about National Velvet. And I finally, I finally watched it. In fact, in preparation for this episode, I watched it twice. So I want to make sure that I like, I got it. Okay. Now I want to share with you three things just right off the bat that I guess surprised me about National Velvet. And then I'm going to go into the plot and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Number one, when anyone talked about National Velvet, I thought the name of the horse was National Velvet. I just made that assumption. Well, as anyone who has seen the movie knows, actually, the name of the character is Velvet Brown. But who names a little girl Velvet Brown? Is that so now? So I your mind is taking you to the gutter right now. Well, it sounds like one of those Facebook things where you pick it's your like reindeer name or your stripper name or what? What kind of groups do you follow on Facebook? (laughs) It's just my friend. No, I get it. So, like, that's the problem with when that movie was created Mm -hmm. to today. Because Mm -hmm. it was a purely innocent... It's an innocent movie. It is an absolutely... Family-friendly... Like, anybody that has young children. Yeah. And I have since watched it, too, because I knew we were going to do this episode. It is a beautiful episode for a family, for young children to watch. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. So, again, your mind took you to a terrible place... 
Social media does Velvet that. Brown is a lovely name. <laughs> All right. I thought it was the horse's name. It's the main character's name, Velvet Brown. In the book, which, of course, National Velvet is based off of the book, the other kids' names in Velvet's family were Meredith, Edwina, Malvolia, Velvet, and then Donald. I love Donald. I know. <laughs> such a cutie. He is. Such a cutie. I love Donald. I in the know. Movie. Well, but when we, yeah, okay, we're going to, we're going to get back to Donald at another time. But anyway, yeah, so those, those are the names. So that was the second thing that surprised me. And third, you know, I have never given much thought to Elizabeth Taylor. I mean, to me, she's always just been this famous old lady with a lot of jewelry, violet eyes, lots of husbands, random fragrance commercials, and an unlikely friendship with Michael Jackson. Yeah, exactly. I think about the di- like the white diamonds. diamonds. White diamonds. That's what, to me, yeah. she's a beautiful older woman. Yeah. I never thought of her as, as a cute little young child. No, or, or like a, I, I guess, I don't even know if I've ever seen her as an actress in any movie, to be honest with you. She's just always been this frizzy, black-haired, with furs and diamonds and perfume and heavily makeuped and uh, yeah. and all you ever hear about was was all of her husbands yeah so maybe a bit of an alcoholic I I think that was Betty Ford <laughs> I don't know where you just pulled that from I don't know. but it was really cool to see her as a young girl in this film I mean she truly was a talented actress yeah I enjoyed Elizabeth Taylor in this movie tremendously Actually, did she win an award for this movie. Well, she was nominated. Okay. But she did she didn't win over. I'm gonna get to that. Okay. I will get to that in a second. But yeah, it it completely gave me a different perspective on Elizabeth Taylor. And so I am now an Elizabeth Taylor fan. National Velvet, the movie, it has been called a cinematic legend. Although a man named Scott Anthony on medium.com called it, and I quote an interesting psychological study of hysterical obsession. What? Horse people are obsessed? I mean, I can relate to Velvet. In fact, in the movie, Velvet's sister asked her if she is keen on anything. And Velvet replied, well, yes, horses. And then later, Velvet says, every day I pray to God to give me horses. I, I, and as a child, I think I had the same prayer. I wanted horses, glasses, and braces. Oh, and, and crutches. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is that I got the glasses. Thank God I got the braces. <laughs> I never managed the crutches, but my dad made me a fake pair of crutches, so I at least could... Oh, my God, I remember your fake crutches. <laughs> That's so funny. That just, boom, flashback. Right? And... You know, I, I hate feet. And so I would hobble around all summer on those fake crutches in the summer with socks on my feet outside. So I had these pasty white feet because I didn't want to look at my own feet <laughs> and the crutches. Anyway, so Velvet also, I mean, she played with paper horses talking about some of the things that you and I did. Yeah. I can remember cutting out these horses from the Paint Horse Journal and horse illustrated and keeping them in a box. Dagny Horning gave us her Appaloosa magazine. Yeah. And so a lot of the horses that you and I, the paper doll horses were, were Appaloosas too. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, I don't think kids do that anymore. They don't need to. I don't know. Yeah, such a law. I mean, like that was like my bet. Like I was so proud of my box of paper, 
of cutout magazine horses. Yeah. I loved it. And I took after you. I mean, you taught me how to do that. And I, I completely, they were cherished, cherished treasures. So like many of us, Velvet in the movie talks about horses and thinks about horses 24 Seven. Okay, so back to the movie. It's set in 1920s England. As we shared, it has a rating of G. It's a the genre is drama. In fact, the way the the movie looked, the setting of it, it really reminded me of Gone with the Wind. Absolutely. Yeah. Like the stage. You knew it was a stage. It wasn't. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was super cool. The film received five Oscar nominations, two categories, one best supporting actress. And that was the mother, Mrs. Oh, she Brown. Was good. I love Mrs. Brown. Yep. And then the best. It also received best film editing. The original release date was January 26th of 1945. And it began streaming in 2000. It has a runtime of two hours and five minutes. The majority of the movie is actually shot in Pebble Beach, California. In fact, you can see a golf hole in one of the in one of the scenes. But the movie itself is supposedly set in England. So anyway, it was filmed right here in the interesting. Yeah, in California. So here's the premise of the movie National Velvet from nationalvelvetfandom.com. Velvet Brown, played by the Elizabeth Taylor, is an equine-loving 12-year-old living in rural Sussex. At the beginning of the movie, a transient boy enters the picture. The kid is legit walking down the road looking for Velvet's mother. I mean, what is that? Anyhow, if that happened now, it's a creeper, stalker. Like you, <laughs> you like, called Child Protective Services. Right, there's so many things about this movie that are so outdated, outdated, but really, truly, like I don't know that the world was that different in 1925. Yeah, 1920. Yeah. Anyway, so this kid's name is My, literally M I. And he has some type of relationship with Velvet's mother via Velvet's mother's swim coach. So anyway, this transient kid, and I'm using the term transient because the kid, the lad, literally appears to be homeless and hoofing it across England without supervision. Anyway, the boy randomly and ironically runs into Velvet and ends up living in the Brown's horse barn. And frankly, looking at where that boy was living... I would live in Velvet's Horse Barn. Was it not beautiful? <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful. It was totally beautiful. It was cozy. Yeah. Other than like the barn doors wide open. Did you notice there was never any wind? Oh, never wind, rain. It was just always beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Okay, so Velvet and Mai become friends because of their mutual love of horses and also their random run-ins with this horse named the pie. The premise is such that a talented and spirited jumper keeps escaping from his pen. And he's escaping because he jumps so high. Velvet and Mai happen to be around the first time that this horse got loose. And that's when Velvet named him the pie. Now, I thought the pie was kind of a weird name. So I looked it up. And in the book, National Velvet, Velvet's horse is a piebald. And so they called him the piebald or the pie for short. But in the movie, 
the horse is not a piebald. And so they had to come up with another explanation for his name. And what was given is that the man who originally owned this horse dubbed him a pirate, not deserving of a name. And so I guess that's how Velvet ended up just kind of calling him the pie. I wondered about that. Yeah. So the pie is a, he's called a chestnut in the movie. I think he's more of a sorrel. And actually, some of the different sources call him both a chestnut or a sorrel. One even actually calls him a bay. He is so not a bay. He has four beautiful white socks and this big, thick blaze. Anyway, Velvet, of course, being horse crazy like she is, Velvet falls in love with the pie that first time that she saw him when he got loose. And then after the second time that the horse gets loose, the man who owns him puts the gelding up for a town raffle. Who puts a gelding up for a town raffle? Do you have any horses you want to put up for a raffle? <laughs> I mean, who does that? I don't know. I mean, again. I don't know. Okay. It is fiction. So apparently he puts them up for this raffle because it costs a lot of money to own such a wild horse. Because when this horse gets loose, he damages property around town. I think he like ate some bushes or something. Whatever. Anyway, so I'm thinking, okay, they're going to raffle this horse off. Everybody wanted this horse. There was like like people waving their hands and clamoring. I mean, you saw the movie. Yes. It was like this, it, there was excitement about getting this horse. All of the townspeople are clamoring for ownership of the horse. Like, didn't they have jobs? Like, we're, <laughs> like, how's that? Like, it just, I don't know. There, times are different in times, 1920. Yeah. So when the number is drawn for the raffle, Velvet realizes that it wasn't her number that was drawn and she's absolutely devastated, crushed. But fast forward, and when Velvet is in bed nursing her broken heart, she finds out that no one had the winning number and they had to have a redraw and they redrew number 62, which is Velvet's number. Gina, you do realize this is fiction, right? No, this is this is. This is not, this is true. This is a testament to history. And this is why they can have these same circumstances. Okay. (laughs) I just, I just want to make sure we're clear there. No, this is true. This is all, this is historical, (laughs) historical fact. So when Velvet finds out that she has won the horse, she, of course, faints. Well, eventually Pi comes to live with Velvet. They enjoy happy days, running, frolicking, and jumping across the English countryside. And she has stars in her eyes. And Velvet begins to think that her horse could win the Grand National because of his amazing ability to jump. And this transient lad who is still living in their barn, my, he also agrees. Now, I will say, though, that the website and equestrianlife.com stated, and I have to agree, it's pretty unlikely that a horse that could not be managed by adults is suddenly tame for a teenage girl. And there are no scenes explaining how he went from being this naughty escapee to being happy with velvet and turning into this amazing horse. You mean because it's fiction? <laughs> and on set, it is also widely reported that Elizabeth Taylor was the only star on the set that the horse even cooperated with. I guess he was even aggressive to the handlers, except for really? Elizabeth. Yeah. Aww. I know. And Elizabeth and the horse, they had a special bond. He regularly bit crew members, once seriously injuring a trainer who was trying to make the horse play dead for a scene. So he was naughty. And I am going to guess that you and I came across this too when we talked to the producer from Dateline mm-hmm. about how 
non-horse people sometimes get things wrong. Yeah. And there is some evidence in the movie of perhaps the writers, maybe the writers were horse people, but the director of the movie may or may not have been a horse person. Okay, number one, and I thought of Casey Hoover, they walked under the horse (laughs) And it's like, it's like you almost miss it. Yeah. But it's like velvet's on the other side of the horse. Yeah. And so my decides what and walks right underneath. Yeah. I'm like, wait, horse. what? You know what got me to? And he was a stallion. No. Uh-uh. We're going to get to that. Oh, we are going to get yeah, that? We're okay. going to get to that in international velvet. Okay, right. Because. Yeah. yeah. International. international. Okay. Okay. Zip it. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to get to international velvet after this episode. Okay. So back to the story. Not everyone thinks Velvet's plans for the Grand National are good ones. And Velvet, Mai, and the Pie do run into some pretty significant roadblocks on their quest to participate at the Grand National. We're not going to tell you what happens going forward. Okay, but can I just say, who sends their... How old is, how old is Velvet? <laughs> I know! How old is she? Twelve? How old was Mai? Uh, I'm going to go, I mean, maybe a year or two older than that. I, he looks little, I mean, it's Andy Rooney and they, he looks like, he looks like he's Velvet's age. I mean, they're friends. Who sends them the, off? The, <laughs> in this day, like you don't send a young girl with a teenage boy no. to the city. No. And think nothing of it. In fact, they slept in the horse trailer together right. separately. Like right, there was right. never any sense no. of romance. Never, no. never, never, never no. any sense of romance. There. And you know what? Funny thing that you say that. I kept waiting for that. I kept waiting for. I thought they might end up like a cute little couple. Yeah. Or like in international velvet, maybe they'd be married. I'm like, oh, part two. Right. Part- nope. Yeah. yeah. No. We'll get to international velvet in a minute. But completely agree with you. There's so many things that the world was a lot better. It, mm-hmm back then a lot better back then and i do want to say gina that mm-hmm. that movie was released in 1945 i was not born in 1945 like you, oh many many decades after that i yeah. was born yeah so that's why we didn't see it and if they didn't start streaming it until 2000 mm-hmm. that's that's why we didn't see it vhs dvd oh, whatever <laughs> i'm just saying though this there's no reason why we didn't see you it. let me down all right, back to the movie. But I interviewed so, you to Trixie Belden. Uh, well, that's true. Okay, so we're not going to tell the listeners how the movie ends because it is a cinematic legend for people with hysterical obsessions, horses. And so you really have to watch it yourself to appreciate it. But we're going to wrap this episode up with some additional information about the movie. One thing I want to tell everyone about is that the Grand National is a legit live race that was news to me did you know that i I did know that i don't know much about it Mm -hmm. in fact when i started watching the movie i thought that the course would be cross country yes i thought it was gonna be cross country i didn't realize that they just keep going in a circle around the same jumps and almost dying i mean did you it's pretty rough that's pretty rough (gasps) horses and people easily die Oh my but god! But there's there's no sadness really in this movie. Well, and I'm not sure. I mean, we saw a lot of crashes. There's a lot of. I wonder about the stunts. Like, if horses were injured in the stunting of that movie, they have to be. Yeah, it's it, you know, and I've seen footage of events like this, and I don't like to watch it on purpose. I was shocked at how much crashing there was. 
in National Velvet. And when that movie was filmed, too, there wouldn't be the special effects that they could do with cameras. Uh, So I'm going to guess that was all like legit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, today's version of the Grand National is, is a national hunt horse race held annually at Aintree Racecourse in Liverpool. First run in 1839, as you shared, Lynn, is about four miles long with horses jumping 30 fences over two big laps. It's an event that's prominent in British culture. The race is popular even among people who do not normally watch or bet on horse racing or any other type of event like that. There are gates, hedges, brooks, ditches that they meet along the way, and it is Formidable. I mean, there is jumping, falling, crashing, jockeys getting dumped, horses getting injured. It's horrific. Okay, so back to the movie. So it's a little bit about that. And actually, there is a website that you can go to that kind of tells you a little bit more about the Grand National. That's where I got a lot of my information. There's a fascinating article by Vogue UK writer Emily Pike posted in April of 2021 about National Velvet. Elizabeth Taylor wasn't the first choice for Velvet Brown. An 18-year-old named Jean Tierney, who was then appearing on Broadway, was offered the role of Velvet Brown in 1939. Production was delayed, however, so Tierney returned to Broadway, leaving MGM without a star. And did you know at one point MGM proposed filming the story with Shirley Temple? Oh, I did not know that. But Shirley Temple's mother turned it down because she felt it did not showcase her daughter properly. During all of this, it doesn't sound like MGM was like totally convinced that Elizabeth Taylor was the perfect fit, but Elizabeth Taylor knew she was the perfect fit. In fact, the 12-year-old Elizabeth Taylor underwent drastic measures to prove she was right for the character of Velvet Brown, which was supposed to be a girl in her late teens. Now, there's a big difference between a 12-year-old and a girl in her late teens. Taylor was told by the director that she couldn't have the role as she was rather boyish. This only provoked Taylor more. She ate steak every day, doubled her portion of meals, and rode her horse constantly to train. In three months, Taylor grew three inches and began to look more mature. And in the end, Taylor won the role. And she's quoted as saying, In three months, I had grown three inches. And she said this in a biography called Elizabeth by Randy Taraborelli. She went on to say that single-mindedness or stubbornness, if you will, is as much a part of me as the color of my eyes. So that's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. And so did she do her own stunts? Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she was actually, Mm -hmm. she was riding that horse and did her own stunts. Probably not the actual Grand National, but the scenes. Um, You know, I'm going to tell you. Yes. I mean, because I tried to to visually decide whether or not that was her. I think think there are parts of it that it is her, but some of the jumping and stuff I'm sure wasn't. But fame and fortune in Hollywood weren't the only things that young Elizabeth took away from National Velvet. She fell and broke her back during filming, an accident that left her plagued with spinal difficulties difficulties the rest of her life. The tumble from the horse in the film might look like it was the work of a stunt double, yet it was Elizabeth taking the scripted and very real fall off of her beloved pie. Okay, so let's talk about pie real quick. According to equestrianlife.com, the horse playing the pie was a seven-year-old thoroughbred gelding named King Charles. It is also widely reported that he is the grandson of the Great Man of War. Oh, cool. And a cousin of Seabiscuit. 
Aww. Yeah. So the pie, or again, in reality, King Charles, belonged to a California society woman and was trained as a show jumper. Now, the studio bought the pie or King Charles for $800 for the movie. Then at the end, they did gift the pie to Elizabeth Taylor, and the pie did live out the rest of his life being owned by Elizabeth Taylor. So she That's kept cool. him. I yeah. I think a lot of actors end up with their horse actor partner. Yeah, like that Vigo Mortensen. Yeah, that was the one that I was thinking about, too. And we, I definitely want to do an episode on him and some of the horses that he has had in movies as well. So anyway, you know, we're at the end of our episode on National Velvet. There's one really important takeaway that I think you and I have both picked up on in that this was a movie that was supposedly set in the 20s. It was released in the 1940s. Yet it presented two very strong female role models, both of whom succeed in fields of sport that had not previously been open to perhaps their gender. Number one, Mrs. Brown, Velvet's mom, apparently was a famous you know, swimming star. She swam the channel. She did. And so that was cool. And her daughter, Velvet, obviously hid her... Oh, I can't release that part of the plot. Let's just say that... British show jumping was not necessarily warm and welcome to young girls competing. Well, maybe show jumping was, but not, not the, the Grand, Grand National. National. Right, right. So I'm giving it a horse industry podcast 10 stars. Or is it five stars? I'm going to give it the same amount of stars as you do. Like, it's a must watch. Even for adults, you can watch it on Amazon Prime for $2.99. Oh, awesome. I just, yeah, I rented it. So you can find it on Amazon Prime. You can find International Velvet on Amazon Prime. So you may want to watch National Velvet and then International Velvet before you listen to our episode on International Velvet. Which is coming up next week. We are sponsored by Purple Power Equine. Looking to add performance, power, and balanced nutrition? Purple Power Equine has many products that will become essential in preparing your equine athlete for performance. Whether you need to help gut and hoof health or add weight, body, and dimension, Purple Power Equine can help bring success to your equine athlete. Gastro power, power up. Hoof power, Power Punch, Emergency Power, visit purplepowerequine.com or on Facebook at Purple Power Equine. So that's our story this week. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to spending more time with you and sharing stories of our industry. See you next week.